welcome back, Legends RC Talk. The legend, Jeff with me, building his techno. Hello. It's starting to look like something. You got a rear end just about assembled. Just about done with your links. Rear end is almost done. All the diffs are done. Thank you for building the diffs. I was a little busy. Yeah, I don't I don't mind building diffs on the techno. They're they go together so smooth. It's honestly one of the easiest builds that I've had to do, especially the eighth scale. The eighth scale just everything about it is nice. Nice mud guards on there. Yeah, I do like them. I like <clears throat> I like their manuals. I think the manuals are pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah, there's a, there's a few little things in there I wish were different, but not much. No, tonight we are going to talk about reversing a servo on a Traxxas. <laughs> you can do an hour on that, right? How about lipo mode and that too? Low voltage. If only there was a place to find the information, like the like, sticker like, right next to your ESC. Oh, the one that's under the battery. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. If only there was a place to figure out how to do that. Or like YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Google. Oh, Google. Traxxas website, the instruction manual. If only there was somewhere. But yeah. Somebody should create something for that. Imagine if there was a sticker right on the chassis, right next to the ESC. We're, we're just joking here because th th this is something I think we do at the store at least once, if not twice a day. Easy. Easy twice a day. You know, a lot of stuff, and it's it's funny because some of it is so actually just super simple. Yeah. Like I got it, the reversing a servo, it's memorized. I don't have to look at nothing. It's just hold the button, turn the wheel, hold the button again. Hey, it's done. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. That one ain't too, too hard. Calibrating the throttle. That's where That's it, something it I can think. get tricky depending on what receiver they have, what controller they're running. Yeah. Maybe people, you know, maybe they don't know that. When you buy a brand new ESC for something, if you don't calibrate the throttle settings, and what, what that's doing is it's telling the ESC where your neutral setting is, where full forward is, and where full reverse is. If you don't do that, you're going to have issues. Yep. Yeah, I ran into a few of them. I know the Orion ones were a little tricky. Um, most of them you full throttle first. But like now the McLan was actually full reverse starting out. Oh, that is a little different. Yeah, it's backwards. Super easy. It's just backwards. If you don't know, it's you're going to be there for a while trying to calibrate it. I did not know that. I'm used to... I use a lot of hobby wing. I'm... I've been, I've had good luck with hobby wings, and I don't mind them. And to be honest, I have a hobby wing, the Bluetooth programmer, so I just keep going to, uh, with hobby wing. But I like well, their had, price points. You've had good luck with it. We don't see a lot of them dead. They last a long time unless you reverse polarity. Yeah, that is the only issue I ever had with one. And now they have the protection. Yeah, yeah. Maybe people don't know that hobby wing now has a protection in there if you do that. Yep. Yeah, we have two of the 160 amp ones. One left today. The one that can go yep. up to 1200. Oh, that's right. The good one, the that. Elite. What's he putting that in? Uh, Four-wheel drive, low C. Oh. I think. I'm, I very, it's a three I'm interested to see how that thing runs. Well, it's a 4300. It should be. But that ESC, that's a Still that's not a, a sound lock. I think it's the closest thing. It is. Well, I mean, yeah, McLaren, other companies do make ones that are going to turn out that much power. So, really, they're not the only ones making that. We just... Yeah. Dumb on the subject. We're dumb on a lot of subjects. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's why we're... Well, I like these, this techno manual. It's like... It's just a picture. It's like building Legos over here with this thing. It's big but enough. But it's simple. Yeah. They make the pictures big, easy to see. 
yeah the like i said the techno builds are just so nice they go together smooth and even tearing them back down to re to go through everything at the end of the year they're not bad so not to keep loving on techno we we, we get nothing from techno for this by the way but after three years smiles of, i get smiles <laughs> They seem expensive on the front end, but I will say this. After three years of running that four-wheel drive short course truck, when I went through it, I was like, all right, I'm going to rebuild. Not really rebuild, just put fresh fluid in my diffs and my shocks, change the bearings, and then I was going to give the whole truck a look over, check, you know, everything. Anything in the steering, the pillow balls, all that. If sand got in there, warm out, made them sloppy. I looked over the whole truck. And nothing is really loose. I have a front left spindle that's got a little bend in it, and my center drive shaft's got a little bend in it because rocks can get in there. But other than that, <laughs> I mean, everything is tight. I've never broken an A-arm. I never... The only thing I ever broke was the front A-block, and that was kind of my own fault. But Well, you looked at mine last year tumbling down the front stretch doing cartwheels. Yeah, cartwheels. Yeah. And I've never broke apart on it. Nothing's bent. Everything's still straight. Yeah. Put new bearings in it this year. Nice, fast Eddie kit. You know, and which I think in any brand, whether it's the Associate or Losi or or the TLR, I guess, when it's at that eighth scale of your high-end racing cars, I think they're just as durable. Right. I don't know that really the Techno's tougher. I don't know. I, don't I, ra- know. I wrapped that thing off a chunk of rebar the other day in it. Yeah, Nothing. yeah. Anything but, else, you know, I think you would have ripped control arm like, right off of it. Just thinking last year at the track, there weren't many running Associateds or many running TLR, but I never saw any of those break either. Uh, the, no, there was a... Uh, trying to think. And Towards the end, end of the ones. year, we had a one or two TLRs come in. And a low... Um, for parts or was it no, electronics? No, I'm just saying racing. Not, oh, oh, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying braking. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to think what was actually on the track last year. Because uh, I think Jamie had a TLR at the end of the year. No, Nolan, Nolan had one. Nolan runs TLR. He runs yeah. a lot of TLR. Yeah, I think I think durability wise, when you get to that price of a high end kit, I, they all look pretty darn tough. Yeah. Well, they better be too. I mean, it's oh yeah, scale. yeah, they ought to be. And at that at that level, you know, if the level of what a pro is running, so to say, I mean, it's got to be tough and it's got to be durable. Yeah, yeah, I like them. There's just uh, something about running an eighth scale. I don't know. I will uh, find, find out. Find out soon. I Sunday. don't know if I'll find out Saturday. We have a lot of work to do. So I may qualifying Sunday. <laughs> that, that will probably be my ops check run. Yep, that was mine. Who cares? I, I do know when I did build that four ten point three short course truck, I built it exactly how the book said. I didn't change any angles, degrees, or nothing, and I've ran it just like that with the same shock weight fluids, the same stock springs. And you won a championship last year with it. Yeah. And uh, my second year of racing, my there was a guy that it was actually, you know, it was like an eight-scale track set up for a lot more nitros, truggies, and my goal was to just not, not get lapped. And there was a guy sponsored by Techno, and my goal was to stay on the same lap with him. And they were running, I think it was seven-minute mains there. And I think the very, very last one, I did not get lapped, but hard to say. That guy might have been bored. He was letting off. I don't know. I mean, really, no one was pushing him. Mm-hmm. So hard to say. I, I, I don't know. See that. But it, it was like a moral victory. Yeah. <laughs> moral victory, but yeah, you got to racing wise, you got to set goals like that. Otherwise, it's hard to yeah. advance. Anyone new getting into racing? It. I don't know. If we got to pick a topic, should we go with that? Sure. Getting into racing. Expectations versus reality. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, God. Painting an RC body for the first time. Expectations, reality. <laughs> yeah, you left a lot of yellow paint on the track that day. Oh. By the way, uh, the plat paint for plastics does not work on the polycarbonate. It was in there mixed in, and I didn't even check. Yeah. But in all fairness, they actually, it's sitting right there. The color was ugly. It looked like a... Mustard. Like a hot mustard is ugly anyway. Probably looks like what Dave was leaving in the toilet all week there. Oh, boy. Yeah, there was a little stomach bug flu going around. Yeah, a couple people going down. Man, I thought I was going down two Me days too. ago. I was worried. I had a, I had a scary moment because we were talking about it at the same time, and it's like... It's not good. I was. I thought the Rona had got me. Yeah, I was cramping up and started getting that taste in my mouth. Yeah. I didn't have the nauseousness. Yeah, I was getting that, and I. Yeah. Drank some, slammed some silverback, and it was within about ten minutes. I felt fine. It was weird. Really, yep. ten minutes. See, I gotta. I just took Zy. I love the, the Zycam. Zycam for me. I gotta get some of it. Yeah, it was it was weird because Dave sent the message right away to try it, and luckily I, I had a bottle had, yeah, already. I gotta get some. I had like three quarters of a bottle left, so as soon as I started feeling funny, I grabbed yeah. it and. I told you all I had was Nickelback, and I didn't think that would help. No, that would have made <laughs> things a lot worse at that point. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. So racing, if you're new to the hobby, racing. In my opinion, it, it is very, very expensive. I mean, what, what do you, would you say the average? Granted, mine an eighth scale is, I don't know that there's anything scale cheaper. pricey. Yeah. Um, if you're brand new to it, I don't recommend buying yourself an eighth scale or even a four-wheel drive. Well, even at that eighth scale driving, if, you, if you're not experienced at all racing yet. It's too fast. You're. Yeah. If scale guys are wide open all the time. Yeah, you're kind of on the edge. There's no finessing. No, I I think if you learn... Two-wheel drive, open short course. Yeah. Even stadium, I think. Stadium, stadium would be a good spot. Two-wheel drive, short course. Buggy, I think, would be a little tricky. They're a little finicky, a little squirrely. Yeah, buggies can, depending on the, the surface of the track... Yeah, um... If it's an outdoor loose dirt, buggies are a little harder to handle. Even a stadium, they get a little squirrely, depending on your motor or gear size. Especially if you're running a gear diff in the back instead of yeah. a ball diff. And yeah. I noticed that big difference outside between a ball diff and a gear diff. Yeah. I ran with a ball diff, and I actually felt comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. It was pretty fast. And I switched to a gear diff when my ball diff went out, because that's what I had. Yeah. And I could barely drive that thing. I was so used to that ball diff. Yeah. For high traction gear diff, I prefer. Yep. Say carpet or... Less maintenance, too. You know, even like a high-pack clay, I think, maybe... Well, it's hard to say then. I don't know. Carpet's very, very high traction. Carpet or AstroTurf. I think you want the gear. Gear diff. Loose dirt. Clay that can get loose. I'd say ball diff is preferred. Yep. So your di- di- differential, if someone really, really doesn't know, that's that's how your gears are set up within the rear end. So a ball diff, you have some slippage in there. The gears, you have hard gears making contact the whole time. They're tougher, mm-hmm. but they don't give or slip. So on a high traction, you'd just rather have the bite. On loose dirt, you don't want too much bite. You'll spin out. So. Right. Yeah, I feel, I don't know, getting into it, if you're actually going to build a kit, even if you say you're going to go short course, you're looking at anywhere from 250 to 350 for a kit. It's no electronics, no body. Yeah. No and wheels. No wheels. No tires. So. No servo. Actually, here's a better tip. Buy a used kit from somebody. I, go I've to done the local that before, track. Though. Don't and, try to nickel and dime well, it along either. You yeah, know, I yeah. picked up a, a TLR, just a, a 3.0, low C, yeah. and didn't want to spend the money on a good motor, and tried using the spacers and all that stuff my <laughs> first year racing, 
did not work well at all, and I just frustrated myself. So if you're gonna, well, if you, you gotta get, spend, you gotta get the right yeah, equipment for it. Preferably know who you're buying it from. I did, Brad. He has everything though. He does. But no, it was one of those I things. I, I was cheap buggy. And trying Actually, to cheap he buy did have eight scale buggies for sale. It's Kyosho. Kyosho six fifty. <laughs> Two of them. Package deal. That's a good buggy too. That's, there's nothing. There's just not a lot of people running them up here in our area, but. But those are very good, the Kyosho brand. I've never, yeah, I never heard anything bad about them. I know. Look, looking at the brand new Kyosho, it looks very similar to the associated eighth scale buggy. Hmm. I haven't looked at it yet. I know they, the, I know the Mugen and the associated. If you looked look at similar. the bottom chassis, they almost look completely identical. Hmm. They're very similar. Yeah. So. Um, Techno, well, you can get a no, team, you can the get Techno does not look like it. The Corrali looks just like the Associated like and, and the Kyosho chassis. If you look at just, you know, your steel plate down there, it, they, they look very identical. Yep, servo layout, everything on it. I mean, mm -hmm. the bodies transfer over. The hubs look too. the same, everything. Techno, different. They're different. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm happy with the Techno. I'd like to try a few different ones eventually, but yeah, yeah. This one, why reply? I don't. I don't feel like replacing it because it's it's been, still well, good. My other truck's been good to me, so I'd rather throw bearings in it every year and just keep running it until I've never changed the bearings. <laughs> in my four-wheel drive short course truck last year, those were the original it's, bearings. I think you're gonna notice though on the A scale. I, I think it puts a lot more abuse on them just because you're putting down a lot more. Yeah, power. it's gonna. She's gonna. She'll be rough. I'm really curious to see the difference between. You know, I'm running the 1900, and now there's a few guys running the 2250. Yeah. yeah I'm really interested to see it's, the difference. I would say it's more. The difference is more noticed on probably certain tracks, because it's they both have probably too much. Yeah. So I don't know that it's. You know, you know. Do, do you want way more power and turn it down? Because I think they 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 both have more than enough power. And then at that point, it's driving finesse. I want way too much power and be able to turn it up more. I do like that. I well, think that's what I got right now, actually. Senwa. Senwa. So yeah, I think uh, on the subject of getting into racing, what should you look for? At least in our area, two wheel, two wheel short superstar. course truck is a pretty big class. I feel like that's your biggest entry level. And I don't, you can I, get I, a motor ESC for a hundred bucks. Yeah, you can a good quality one. So you get a you pay even if you bought a new truck for say three hundred. As a the hobby wing, easy the quick run. Yeah, the quick runs are good. Hundred, hundred ten bucks, whatever they are, hundred ten, mm -hmm. I think. So okay, so you're at say four ten, then you got. Tires and wheels, which is normal anyways. you got to buy them if you're racing. Yeah. So you're looking at another, say, $75 on the low end. Or we'll just say yeah. 90 so we're rounding it off. Mm -hmm. So, all right, now we're at 500 Body, another 45 bucks. Yeah. So, in reality, under $700 after servo, yeah. receiver, and radio. Yeah. 700 bucks you can get in with a built yourself truck that you know what you have yeah you know and, and do do some research if well it's hard to say well that's why i don't think it's bad if you just want to try it out if so there's different kinds of people that, with hobbies there's the people that jump into a hobby and then it's full-blown i'm <laughs> spending all be. my money yeah I sp I spend. and then there's the, I spent the more at the hobby shop than I made hobby. in the last freaking yeah. month. Yeah. Oh, today was pricey for me. Yeah. Today was pricey. Uh, but I know I'll be happy. But, so I gotta go uh, and pay for a buggy tomorrow. Oh. Buggy that's assembled and ready to go. Oh, already. that one. I gotta go pay yeah. for that. Yeah. Don't let me forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with a you know if you know somebody you can find a 
oh, so here's something even simple. If you really, really don't know and you're brand, brand new. If someone's selling something and it's a roller, maybe someone doesn't know. Because there was a time I didn't know what that meant. What the heck is a roller? So basically, it's just assembled. Should have wheels and tires. They're probably worn out. If someone was racing it, you're probably not getting anything brand new. But occasionally, you come across that. Probably has a body, but it's not going to have electronics. And no matter where you are, if you do have a local hobby store, someone there is going to know what's going to work good. You can ask the folks at any of the stores, and as long as they're familiar, you know, you tell them what kind of vehicle you're building, they'll kind of lead you in the right direction on what's good and what's not good, you mm -hmm. know. That everyone, anyone at a local hobby stop, a hobby store should be able to get you kind of set up. And But, yeah, there's going to be price variances on electronics. If you're going to need a radio and a transmitter, there's a bunch of different brands. Yeah, a lot Spectrum of options. is a good, easy way in. 100 bucks for a radio, yeah. give or take a few bucks. And I'm happy with mine. 45 $50 yeah. for a receiver. Yeah, yeah, depending on, uh, you know, and it'll vary by channel. If, if you're running a two-wheel drive, short course truck, you can get away with just a two-channel receiver. And if, well, if you're on and a your budget, too, will work for your Amazon.com, FlySky, 75 <laughs> bucks, radio Flysky. and receiver. I think the Spectrum ones are pretty affordable. In my opinion, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm happy with them. I, I'm the kind of person where if I'm happy with it, I just keep using yeah. it. So if someone steered me in the direction, actually it was at a hobby store of Spectrum, so I just went with it and I've been happy with it. And when it came to a motor combo for that Techno, the people there running were using Hobby Wings. So I mean, that there's a lot of that. You. Wherever you go around the country, you'll get different opinions, or you yeah. know. But in, in reality, whatever track it is, if you're thinking about getting racing in, you know the people that have been running there that they'll they'll tell you because, like like tires for instance, one tire will work great at one particular time. Yep. Two hours later on the exact same track, yep. a different tire might be better. So I'm not a engineer or chemist I don't care tire game drives me nuts I don't play the tire game I, I don't I run what I have and I do a little bit I mean I'll I, I find around. something that I like the feel of but like I know up, up where I was before people were happy with blockades so that's what I knew and then I knew when I got up here no one was using that really and then I was using them. I don't care. I was happy with them using them. And to me, they still work fine up here. Yeah. And I've noticed some people have transitioned liking that particular time. And I, and I think it was just because that's what was working for me. Right. So, but is it the best tire for the, tr I don't know. It's maybe not. See, that's so why. driver I, experience can. Yep. Someone. You know, an experience might tell you what works for them, but it really doesn't mean it's the best tire. you got to figure out what's best for well, you. Well, actually, if you look at the Enduro, there's a mm -hmm. lot of guys that really like the Enduro and do well with the Enduro. Yeah. I can't drive with it. I don't like it. I don't like the feel of yeah. it. So, I mean, it's it's a lot of personal preference when it gets into it. You yeah. can get close to a tire that'll work that way, but yeah. then you still got you got to be able to feel it out yourself and see what actually Well, yeah, and then even, even the vehicle... So, say, just hypothetically, say people that are running, let's just say the top three of a particular class, say they're all running a particular tire. Mm -hmm. So, you're new to the hobby, you think, well, I need to run the tires that they're running, and then you try them out, and you think the tires work like crap. It could be your setup. Yep. Your setup could have been the problem the whole time, not the tires, so... You know, there's a lot to uh, vehicle setups, ride heights, um, you know, the, the shock weight oil. There, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, it is a hobby. There's a lot to learn. Yep. And if you're just jumping into it, you know, luckily there's things like YouTube. There's tons of information. But, you know, in reality, you'll you'll learn. The, there's always going to be someone at wherever your local track is. Well, a lot of pro racers even will actually give that out. 
They do. They'll uh, give their setup sheets out. Yeah, for I, I almost think they all do. Um, as a matter, of, I, yeah, I'm almost positive they all do because a lot of those, like say, TLR, Techno, and I know I've seen it uh, for Associated as well. There's a website you can go there, and the, you know, if they're paying and sponsoring drivers, they share that because in reality they're trying to. You know they they want that promote their product, product to keep going. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think any company or brand hides that. Right. They want people to buy that product and be successful with it. So, yeah, if you're ever curious, like I said, each track probably has some guys that are knowledgeable and been doing it for years. Um, you know, the guys that are running the quickest lap times are usually the guys you want to talk to. Right. On vehicle ride setup, things like that. So, you know, it's maybe not always the tires and hmm. electronics, servos. Yeah, there's a lot to it. it, it I know, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure you could take a bar of soap, put some wheels on and hand it to Dave and he'd still do good. Yeah, and there's yeah, there's an experience curve. But when, when, when you're brand brand new at it, you have a ton of information to absorb. Yep. There's a lot of bad information too, though. So there is. that's why I say, you know, see who's running well. Gear size for tracks and yep. Motor temperatures. Motor temperature. Yep. Fans. Fans. Jesus Christ. Fans. So I mean, that's something you know, um, as you were discussing previously, using that 1900 kV motor. I mean, maybe. Well, now the the layout where you're traditionally running or will the majority of this summer you know you could probably change gearing in a little bit i don't know that track's a little longer now it's longer but of course we no one has ran on it yet as far as i know well someone probably did but i don't know well wait you ran on it didn't you no with the okay so always so even though the uh our local track here got a lot bigger the imrc one the outdoor one it's way bigger, but if you look at the way those jumps are, even that big, long, what would have been a straight stretch, but it looks like three doubles in there, you can't just wide open pin that anyway. I'm so try. <laughs> no, I'm, I might hurt you a little yeah. bit, but I'm going to try. Yeah, I mean, it. you, you got to... So, oh, here, here's a good tip. Just because there's a jump on the track <laughs> doesn't mean full throttle off it. I've seen that. Are you sure? Yeah, because I... Yeah. There's some guys that... It looks more like they're bashing, but it's... Oh, yeah, the race. first jump on the old layout? Yeah. How many people would flatland a freaking yeah. berm? Yeah. Here's a little tip. If, if you're making a left-hand turn or a right-hand turn, you shouldn't go six seven eight feet past the apex of that turn you should be by the inside yep. pipe of that turn yep you're I faster <laughs> with your wheels on the ground yeah the yeah. longer in the air the more the yeah. slower you're actually going yep the more your wheels are on the ground the better unless it's clearing a double or a triple but the tighter you are on the inside of a turn the faster if you're overshooting turns and getting to the outside you know, just think about the line around that track. You're That's what I always liked about path. the first jump after the oval. Is all you had to do is let out of the throttle just a hair right at the peak. Yep. And you'd shoot right down the opposite side. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, you pin it and you can except, actually clear the berm. Except off the very beginning. Yeah, because you get <laughs> run over. And there's some guys that just... Yeah, first one, Wide you gotta open, go. Because they're the guys that run to the outside of the turn, and then pretty you sure gotta I, watch I'm pretty sure I beat Brad that way. I know Chris beat Brad that way. That's when I get nervous. That's when I was like, I'll rather on a pole. qualify behind someone instead of... Yeah. Because, yeah, that's not... But I would do that on those if I was qualified I'll even go. Front. I'll go wide. I would let... take that first one wide, because I was like, I'm not getting yep, ruined. Just give up first for yeah. a minute and let it clear out. Yeah. So knowing the other drivers <laughs> that you're racing with is also helpful. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you can you can pretty much call it out when something's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Seen it a few times. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure I dumped Brad last year. Yep. On that corner. Not Boy. intentionally, but yeah. People it goes are, back and forth. Yeah. He got you in the carpet this year. Was... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Funny, not good. funny. It happens. It's all part of it. But yeah, yeah. Racing. Getting into it and trying it. You know, if, if you're... I think a good way to come into it if you're trying it for the first time. If you set your expectation as in... Finishing a race. Yeah, finish a race. And then, you know, you finish the race. Next time around, maybe try not to get dead last. Yep. Just try not to get dead last. You, gotta, you know, it, it, it takes time and practice. You know, you, you got to have, I don't want to say like baby steps into it, but if people... When you, when you come into it and there's people been doing it for years, you know, you'll run into where younger kids have been doing it longer than you have. Yep. You might be a little older, but the younger kids have been doing it longer, had a little more uh, involvement with people mentoring them. Like, well, that's what's nice about the sportsman that division. That young kids will beat you. Yep. It happened to me. So, yeah, I, I sucked at first. So, yeah, it, it takes time and discipline and there's a lot of info to learn a lot to absorb you know but do some research if you're hopping into it and you think you're going to stick with it um, even when it comes to batteries you know chargers but I will say there, there's a good there's a whole variety of different batteries and chargers that are available I know just been real happy with uh, the Gen's Ace Redline brand those have been good to us the Redlines are actually really good yeah I haven't had any meltdown in any of my stuff yet. No, me neither. Really minor puffing in one of them, but that was probably my fault. I probably double used one or something. Came, yeah. So, something, something weird. My well, my four S's are good. Mine's I got a shorty. Mm-hmm. That's got a little bit of puffing to it, but it's minor. Yeah. I mean, you got to be looking for it to actually even notice it. Yeah. Um, Protec chargers. That four channel I got, I love it. It's just the easy use is so easy. Yeah. Now you know all the all the charger. I will say all the chargers. At first, do seem they're a little intimidating when you. Yes, because there's all these buttons, and I'll be honest, I I have not encountered a charger where scratch your head a little bit before. Just makes sense if you have never used it and don't know what you're doing. They they just don't. So, if you're intimidated by it, and let's say you, if you're brand brand new, if you get yourself a Traxxas, I will say, their their chargers are about as simplistic as you can possibly get. I would say theirs are the easiest ones out yeah. there. Smart Technologies is close, but theirs are yeah. a little confusing too. Well... They got the one button and the dial. Yeah. So, in all fairness, I think I'm used to the charger that I got. It was a uh, like a Venom dual charger. And I got that because someone else that I went racing with had one. So, I'd seen how they used it. So, someone that was using one next to me all the time, I got one of them because they could right. walk me through it and explain it. So, I went with that. But at first, yeah, that was confusing. But now that I kind of know how to do all of that, yep. and I just, you know, I set how many, uh, you know, you know, you tell it how many cells you're charging, and I'm telling it how many amps I want to charge at and all that. But then, like, once you get that, it's it seems so simple. That See, mine, I hit the buttons, and within as seconds... As soon as you plug cool. in your balance port, yeah. it knows what it is for cells. Yeah, now on the Spectrum one, it will. So, I so think... So my ProTech. Oh, well, then that is nice. When, yeah, the, when the I plug my one, 4S in, it knows I have a yeah. 4S plugged in yeah. because it's in that balance board. That's, yeah, the Venoms don't do that. <laughs> you got to tell it. Oh. It just sits, like, you have to tell that the Venom ones every single thing. Now, the I think because I, I was familiar with the Venom one where I had to tell it everything, the Spectrum Smart Chargers, 
it was smarter than what I, the charger that I was used to using. I was used to using, like, say the Venom's like a dumb charger. You got to tell the thing every single little aspect of it. So the Venom ones, or the uh, Spectrum ones, I think, seemed a little confusing at first because I'm used to that. Mm-hmm. So you plug it in, and then I can see on there it's already saying how many cells. But I, I have noticed something on them, though. The charge amp rate, that doesn't... Yeah, you got to change I was that. messing around with one the other day, a customer, uh, he had some questions, and one channel would automatically put it at 12 amp, and the other channel would put it at 10 amp. And uh, the guy had a 5,000 milliamp battery. So, you know, I rotated it. To me, I feel like if it's a 5,000 milliamp, to be safe, longevity, the battery charged it at 5 amps. Yep. I've just been doing that for years. So I changed it down on that channel, put it to 5,000 or 5 amp to charge a 5,000 milliamp 2S lipo that we're talking about. And then it went, you know, everything was good, took that battery out, put it on the other channel, and then that one was set at, I can't remember, 10 or 12. So I turned that one, no, I was showing the customer, okay, put it down here, because he had an issue and he had some batteries that went bad, completely dead. So then took that same battery off, put it back on the other one, and it didn't really save it, so I had to turn it back down again to the 5 amp, so I don't know. Hmm. So I just found it weird that one channel was trying to go to 12 amp and one was going to 10 amp. It was just strange to me. So... Yeah, see, on mine, it's actually remembering the amperage I'm charging at. Like, if I say I do one of my 4S's on a channel, yeah, and then I go and do one of my 2S's on that same channel, well, my 4S's are 6,000s, yeah, my five or my 2S's are 5,000s. So it's keeping, like, say I charge the 4S at 6 amps, plug a 2S in, and it's still telling me. Six amps, which I've been charging my mine at six amps, yeah. which I'm not scared of that at all. But that's just one thing oh, the, to watch. Yeah, the the Venom one will do that. If you whatever that channel was, it'll usually still be sitting there. Yep. The last time you use that channel, it'll be on the same thing. But I do know that that is the option to say store a memory, so that you don't have to manually do it. Oh. But with running a variety of different batteries, I've never wasted my time. Cause, right. Because now I've just learned the buttons and I can, I can pop through it quick. But yeah, if, if you don't, if that all seems confusing to you, a Traxxas charger, very simplistic. The, the uh, techno well, done yet? Yeah, I think everything stopped when we started this. She's close, but the, the Spectrum G2 now, those are a little different. There's a little, just watching a little video on that one. Those ones, remember, those are the batteries that don't have the balance cord. Oh, yeah. So it has a chip inside. There's actually like a little board inside the battery. And that tells the charger like way more specifics on that battery. So you don't have to do anything. So the newest version of those Spectrum smart chargers. You don't have to think about it at all. Which, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, I give them that. Huh. Yeah, another thing, too, storing your batteries. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's, uh, it's really easy to make batteries go bad. Don't leave them in your garage. Don't leave them in your car. Keep them out of the sun. Keep them out of the cold. They're temperature sensitive. They are. Yeah, you leave them in your garage. You leave them plugged into a truck. There's always going to be a draw that's going to kill them, oh, yeah. and then you're going to be buying more batteries. Yeah. And at some of them, I mean, our 4S's, they're, things are 100, 175 yeah. a pop. I don't think you can't get a 4S battery under 100 bucks no. anywhere unless it's used, and if it is, it's probably puffed. So, yeah, what will cause a battery to puff? Uh, overheating. Overheating can cause them to puff. Freezing them. Freezing. Over-discharging them. That can cause them. Sometimes, though, I will say you can do everything right, everything and like you're supposed to, bad, and yeah. it'll still go. And it's not uncommon. Um, there's a lot going on in the manufacturing of them, and there can be an issue with it. But if that's the case, you know, you can contact the uh, supplier depending on how long you've had it. But it's kind of a gamble with a lot of them because you don't know. Well, that's the thing they too. They don't know actually if mentioned. you maintained them. If you got battery problems. 
go through the supplier, not the dealer. Yeah. You're yeah. going to have a lot better luck if you contact ProTech, Gen's Ace on your own instead of going yeah. through us. Yep, yeah, yeah. All the distributors are pretty much set up like that. You know, they, they are the distributor. They're not the manufacturer. It's, yeah. I know it seems confusing, but it's like if you bought a, a Chevy, the dealer will work with you, but they're still a middleman back to the manufacturer. You yep. Know? Yep. But all the companies, I would say, with RC, they're all, they're all really good, though, with warranties, I'd say that. Yeah. In a lot of aspects. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, brand, brand new. Thinking about racing. There's, I don't know, I, I still feel like that. Maybe, you know, it is the most popular class, at least in our region, but... I would say the skill level varies the most in there. So if you're beginning, that's a good class to hop into to get a little bit of confidence. I highly do not recommend an eighth scale anything. No. I know they look cool. Good way to take They're somebody's fast, off. But they can get out of hand real quick. You know, I, I'd, I'd say as a beginner, I would avoid that. It will help your pocketbook by avoiding an eighth scale. So, you know, I'd say I'd probably two-wheel drive, short course truck. If you can come across a two-wheel drive buggy or even a stadium truck, that's, those are pretty good too, but down the wheel. I don't know if it was wheel. a dream or if it was something that actually happened. Running Chris's eighth scale buggy and it tumbled it. And it kept tumbling and tumbling and tumbling. I think it was a dream. It happens on uh, open wheel. It does, and they just so, keep going. So what what we mean by an open wheel car? That's uh, like a buggy or a stadium truck where the wheels are. There's no body covering the wheels on the vehicle at all. That's kind of what an open wheel would be, and they seem to have that ability to keep rolling, continually cartwheel, and they don't stop. A short course truck, I don't know. I mean, they, they usually pile up and they they'll cartwheel a little and then they it turns more into a roll yeah you know they'll kind of tumble yeah, I know I know my eighth scale I've I've tumbled that thing I bet you at 20 25 feet easy yeah off the track yeah into the parking lot and it kept tumbling into a it looked like a tumbleweed an out of control tumbleweed like somebody <laughs> doing cartwheels yeah you know yeah, and, and part of that is the amount of uh, speed that they can generate, where like I'd say a two-wheel drive truck, yeah, they're not gonna be able to throw down like a four-wheel drive truck and build up that much speed momentum. But if you are making contact and bumping things, you know whether it's pipes or other cars on a, a short course truck, they are more forgiving. Mm -hmm. You know, open wheel cars. Buggies, stadium trucks, contacting wheels. Oh, yeah, you come in contact with yeah. somebody else's wheel and somebody's going for a ride. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, usually both cars are going for a ride. You know, if you think about how IndyCar wrecks happen where they yep. look catastrophic, it's the same thing on open wheel RC. You know, NASCAR cars can bump into each other a little bit. Yeah, fenders protect the wheels. And as long as bit. they have traction, they're okay, but when they're skimming the edge of traction, then they're both gone, so... Yeah, I think, yeah, I would say if you want to get into racing, give it a try. I'd say a, a short course truck. Four-wheel drive, short course truck, kind of, you know. I, the meat grinder. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it is it is because of the, from where we're at, it's the, the, the degree of Skill. experience, I think, of driving, you know. But... Because anyone can hop into one. Yeah, and everybody, but everybody's going all out all the time. Like there's no, it's, it's a weird class. I ran it and you're just pushing it all the time. You're not running on the edge like you are with an eighth scale. But you're always, if somebody's near you, you're bumping and banging. It's, it's all there is to it. They're, yeah, they, yeah. Nobody's giving an inch. So that's the thing, like in a four-wheel drive truck, you can throttle through corners more. So you can be a little bit 
squirrely with a four-wheel drive, where a two-wheel drive, you can't hammer the throttle halfway through the corner and not spin out. But a four-wheel right. drive can do it. Well, I don't know. Take your associated with some calibers on well, the back. It wouldn't spin out. That thing is yeah. glued. But I, I think that, that, that gets back to the cutting the tightest line around the track in the tightest corners. That truck was slow with that 13.5 in it, but I still it cut the blown. cleanest lines. I'm still <laughs> mind-blown that I won that race. It yeah. just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm watching all these trucks gaining on oh. me. In, well, you're good in every corner, but yep. on the straightaway, it just... Oh, yeah. They, it's like a turtle. They'd be coming around the first corner as you're hitting the last corner and you're on your bumper. Yeah, but then so, they, they, they're spinning out. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to... You know, the, the, the answer isn't always the biggest motor geared to be the fastest car. Like, that, that was just kind of the proof that it isn't the fastest car that's going to win. It's the car that is the most controlled yep. and running the cleanest lines is going to be better. Yeah, that thing was... I, I still can't believe how smooth that thing was out there. I know. Just, now, she's got a ten and a half in it now. I think... Someday I'll roll it out there and run her. I don't want to run the season with it. You should do the same thing. Two races. Just two? See, just, see, just see if it goes 2-0 and oh again. Just just to disrupt everything. <coughs> I got I got a good set of calibers we can throw on the back of that thing yet. Yeah, they're still... Well, they won. Yep. Yeah, they're uh, race-winning calibers. Just throw them on the back and... Yeah, if you're brand new and you would like to get yourself a set of calibers, yeah, don't bother. Yeah, <laughs> start searching hobby stores and looking find for them dust. On, uh, I don't even think you can find them in a hobby store. I think they might be in uh, eBay or something. Maybe. No, it's a good tire, but... Uh, There's a couple out there now that are... that look similar that might that should work pretty good. We got a lot more new trucks just for our local track. A lot of people, so for people that aren't familiar with our particular uh, region, a lot of people, you know, RC racing, you know, not brand, brand new, but as far as a growth spurt, there's been a big growth spurt, I'd mm -hmm. say, in the last probably two years, right? Yeah, two years. So, now. you know, Traxxas was a good entry level brand because when you're brand, brand new, you can buy a, a truck that's ready to run. And this isn't just, Traxxas isn't the only one that does this. Uh, uh, Losi has ready-to-run trucks. 22. Yep. Associated has some ready-to-run trucks. So you can get yourself a, a truck that's ready to run so you don't have to assemble the whole thing, which there's nothing wrong with that. But don't be afraid of doing it. There's a lot that you learn by assembling a kit that really helps you in the long run. Mm -hmm. um, you know, case in point. I bet you the majority, oh, easily, I'd say 90% of the questions that we have that at, at a store, we're both working at a hobby store, it's questions that people that have never built a kit, yep. they got a ready to run car, and I mean, it, it is what it is, but yeah, but when you build yourself a kit, yeah, you, you have that stuff out. you put the whole thing together, and you know how it comes apart. So if anything ever breaks, you have a manual, and you're not intimidated by maintaining and fixing your car. Oh, you blow up a diff. Yeah, you already. You've already put it together. You just once. got experience, yeah. So you know, if you're brand brand new, do not be intimidated by a kit. No, it's they're not. It's like especially with the techno, what you're talking about with the instructions. The instructions on a techno kit are cut and dry there everything's yeah. there you don't even need a caliber to actually put it together to do links no they actually have the actual measurement right there on the paper which that was the, the tlr ones i think they have that as well do they too i know the associated ones don't no i know yeah yeah you're i right. blew they up some not. balls because of that yeah i had a little metric ruler but it is what it is i mean it's yeah pay attention read instructions yeah don't be frustrated it's a it's a hobby there's a ton to learn I'm still learning no nope. I'm the legend and I make mistakes <sighs> no yeah 
crib. I put the wrong links in the wrong spot on Dave's truck building that thing the other day, too. <laughs> Had to take them well, off a couple times. <laughs> it happens. No, it's, uh, that's some good information. Um, servos, I mean, there's some affordable ways to go. Yeah, there's a variety. Protex, 100SS, 100T, 130SS, 130T. Yeah, those there's are some eco-power ones. Eco-power ones are good. I've never seen one come good. back that we sold, so. No. Never got bad feedback back on them. Those are pretty good. I mean, I would say that, you know, those are those are good servos. Uh, they make a variety, you know, let, let's just say you had a, you know, not to dial it on ProTech, but if you have a two-wheel drive truck, something a little bit lighter, you don't need a, you know, you don't need a $180 servo. No. Honestly, that's overkill. Black label on the short course. Yeah. That's fun, though. You don't need a $170 servo on a two-wheel drive short course truck or a two-wheel drive buggy. I mean, it, it, you no. know, anyone at that level, it's like professional level that just wants that excessive speed. And no. But, it, yeah, it, you don't have to break the bank on that. No, the 100 SS and the buggies has been great. The 100T I've seen in a lot of short courses. A lot of good. people like them. The 130s, they're phenomenal servos, yeah. a little faster, a little stronger. I mean, you're looking at... I want to say the 130T is at, or the 100T, I'm sorry, is at like 230 for torque. Yeah. Yeah. Or the 100 SS, I think, is at like 178, mm -hmm. 175, somewhere in there. So, I mean, they're both, for a 10 scale two wheel drive, they're more than adequate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a variety. Yeah, and if you're, if you're not sure, ask, ask the folks that you're. And I seen a black label in that box there, didn't I? You did. You know why? Because this is fast. So if you have, if you have a car that you know is going to be running on the edge of traction and out of control cartwheels, speed is important. You got a Dremel, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You got to do a little modification. Well, that's a good little tip. I did not know. On the, the chassis. And I'll show you. Part? Okay. Well, that's, I'll show you before I. I'm go clearly on. not there. I only have the. Uh, you know, almost got the rear end Yeah. Yeah, this will not be making Saturday's race. I also will not be making that local track here. We have a point series race scheduled for Sunday, and we got Holly's got a fun to run tomorrow, too. Oh. I <laughs> Wish I was prepared. Speaking of racing, being prepared. Yeah. I'm not prepared. Hey, Brad, don't so, forget your radio Saturday. Yeah. I am not prepared at all. None of my, well, my stadium's ready. I think go. this is the first. I'm actually ready. Both buggies are ready. Got tires. So you're going to run two-wheel drive buggy. Two-wheel drive, 10 scale. You're on an eight scale buggy. Is that it? Yep. That is it. You should have kept your two wheel short course. I should have. You had a good truck. It's too many. I ran one last year and it was more than enough. Yeah. I'm busy. I, I can't run more than one or two. Yeah. I'm going to run. It gets overwhelming. Four wheel drive short course. This might be the last year I run that. It's a fun class, but you're right. It's kind of a meat grinder. I might put that body on a shelf. That's a good looking one. The dude. more I look at it, the less I want to run it. They go, uh, yeah, I'll run a four wheel drive short course, maybe one more year. Eight scale buggy, I will run this year, and then the stadium truck, I will run. That's it. I do want to get in the stadium. Maybe next year for carpet, I'll run it. Yeah, I, I would like to run the stadium. I two wheel drive buggy on the carpet was that was my most enjoyable class. Hey, you got to step up to open now. Um, that car's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna try to push for a rule in open class that you got a bigger motor, <laughs> you have a drag motor in it. 
No, it's it's just blows my mind. I mean, I get it. It makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. Seventeen it, five fixed timing motor with hard, <clears throat> with a sixty amp ESC is faster than my so, thirteen five with a thousand yeah. continuous amp freaking ESC. But where it, where it's faster is the you're not slowing down in the corners. Yeah, you can not let off in a corner. So you don't lose momentum with a higher, you know, with a faster motor coming in hotter. You you'll never be so. I, I think it's probably the easiest way to explain it for people that are understanding this, maybe. So with a faster motor coming into a turn, your consistency on when you let off or if you have to brake, you cannot maintain that consist. I mean you. You'd be like pro level to do that, mm-hmm. but with a slower motor, where you if you can come in and not and maybe just let off or not even let off and make the corner, that will always be more consistent than your break, your timing of braking and your timing of back into the throttle. Yep. So, yeah, if if the skill level's there to control a faster motor, then yeah, you're not going to beat that guy, but that. That is it's so just, hard. It's crazy. To I mean, watch my buggy go around the track. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's stupid how fast it is. But you look at the times, and it's like, yeah, I can click out some faster laps than the seventeen fives. But you were actually putting down more laps at the end of the race than what yeah. I could with the open. So, like wherever you're going to race, they'll have, uh, you know, whatever timing system they have. Almost all of them now, you can, you know, log in with your phone and you can look at the consistency. Yep. You know, you have the ability to start reviewing the consistency of your laps. That's how you'll get better. Yep. So, yeah, with a, I think that's why when you run at 17.5, I guarantee your consistency of your lap times, I guarantee was probably higher than what it was. Well, that's it. When I had the 17.5 on the Sandlot, it was smoother. Yeah. It was just as fast, but it was, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just mind-boggling. Yeah. I don't know. Well, because me- mentally you know the car is slower. It wasn't, though. But is the When I had the 17.5 in there with that sandlot, it was well, burning 70,000 yeah. RPMs. I think it was like just... Now, if you, if you program that right, if you can program... <coughs> yeah, there's a way to... Well, that's a whole other level of for yeah. beginners, but there's a lot to programming ESCs as well. Um, yeah, I don't want to scratch the, turbo, the surface of that. There's a lot. Timing. There's a lot involved. Drag brake. Yeah, drag brake is important. More on high traction. I don't like drag brake. Well, I yeah I. I can't drive it with drag brake. I don't know if it irritated yeah. me. I turned it down and I. I turned it off. I think I had it at like 10 or 20 on my stadium. It might as well be off at that point. But then I learned that the thing, as long as you got like halfway through a corner or a little bit before halfway on the corner, getting back on the throttle helped it. Yeah, that was stadium. weird. Yeah. Well, you tried it that one race, right? Yep. Yeah. And I was t- but if I didn't tell you that, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. The faster I went, struggling. the better it was. It's it like was... the harder you drove it through corners, the faster it. Yeah, it's weird. So, yeah, traction and, but yeah, doing that, you were putting down fast times. But yep. before that, I wasn't driving it like that, and I was struggling. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it was. It was a weird thing to experience because I was driving it like I drive my buggy. And it wasn't working. No. And then I got to the point where I was starting to get a little more reckless with it. And <laughs> That's what's weird. You drive it like you're going to beat it, and suddenly it got better. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't. It was sticking. I don't know. It's, it's the wider tires yeah. and the short wheelbase. Well, for the, the uh, people that don't know, my, my kid was running a stadium truck, and it's only his first year, but he's been picking up driving pretty well, and he had no drag brake at all on his ESC. And he had a seven and a half turn motor. Mine had an eight and a half turn motor. And he couldn't program anything on his ESC. 
but for a while there, he was putting down faster times. Yep, he was waxing you. And here I'm thinking, well, I got drag brake, this and that. I'm like, well, I got a slower motor, and then you know, or an eight and a half turn versus a seven and a half. But then I figured it out towards the end, and I was running faster laps than he was. All right, ten seconds. We will. Uh, we'll resume next time. Resume another episode. All right, the legend Jeff. Later. Have a good.